The Z-Ball podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast and week seven of our Scorching Six picks uh, on the line from Pasadena, California, football enthusiast, Akshay. What up, Akshay? How's it going? What's up, Sean? Uh, it's going pretty well, my friend, you know? Another day, another Saturday, another beautiful day, you know? Another uh, another opportunity to discuss these uh, these picks for this coming weekend. Okay, most definitely. Uh, I know we're here to talk about six exciting uh, games on this week's Scorching Six slate, but uh, real, quick, real quickly before we get into those games, uh, kind of transition into basketball, uh, your Boston Celtics lost Gordon Hayward to a very gruesome injury on opening night. Uh, so kind of just want to get your thoughts. Were you watching the game, and uh, what do you think for the Celtics moving forward? Actually, I was not watching the game. I was actually, uh, I think I was still at work. When that arrived, uh, but I heard about it on my drive home. But you know what? When I heard about it, I thought, you know what? This is very devastating. You know, loss to the Celtics because this is a guy that he wanted to team up with uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, and Horford and get that uh, talented three to play and see how far they can go. And this is and uh, Gordon Hayward is an All Star. You know, he played in the West Coast. Uh, he, he played in the West, and uh, he, he was an All Star. He's an up-and-coming player. He's only 27. He's about just in his prime. You know, it's very unfortunate, I guess, to say um, to say the least, that uh, that he got injured on such a freak accident. You know, it wasn't anybody's fault. It just happened. Just happened. You know, and but the good thing is, you know what? Um, but the good thing I see out of all this is that it was a clean break on on his tibula. It was any fra- it was a fracture, but it, it didn't uh, it didn't cause any like uh, any more damage where he could be potentially out for a longer period of time. So what it looks like to be right now is that since it was a clean break, I think we'll take the standard, what, uh, I think about maybe four or five months with, uh, uh, he has to do uh, surgery, which he did, and he has to do, uh, what do you call it, rehab, you know, and then I, I think after that he can possibly come back next year. I mean, um, actually next year, uh, during the season, towards the, after the break. So we'll see what happens. You just got to be optimistic. You know, this is the same thing. Paul George had a similar sort of situation with him, and he came back. So um, you have to be very optimistic about that, you know. But at the same time, uh, I look at it this way. You know, it happened, it happened. You have to move on, bro, you know. So, so now what you have to do is at least this gives a chance for young talent that the Celtics have to get playing time. You know, they, they get playing time at three. They're getting the minutes, they get the, the practice, so you can see what they have, you know, especially look at Jalen Brown, um, his game, uh, he um, he increased his level of his game, you know, ever since this happened. Um, I think he scored, what, 25 points in one game, and then uh, another one was, um, look at Tatum, you know, Jason Tatum, the rookie out of, uh, out of Duke last year, 
the guy's been, um, I mean, he's played, what, three games so far, but in every game, he is close to a double-double. I think he got a double-double in two games, and one game he didn't. But he, he's pretty much averaging a good, what, 13, 14 points a game, about eight, nine rebounds. You know, this is good for him. You know, this, in a way, it gets him uh, time to... To the flow of, of the NBA, get some experience, you know. So that's how I look at it that way. You know, obviously Hayward being gone is a huge loss, bro. You know, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's so many high expectations for this team, but at the same time, you know, I see like because the Celtics, if, if you look at it this year, bro, it's uh, besides. Uh, uh, I mean, I think there's only what four returning players from last year who came back. You have. Um, uh, Horford, Al Horford, you have Marcus Smart, you have uh, Terry Rozier, and there's one more. Jalen Brown, your buddy. And Jalen Brown, there you go. You have Jalen Brown, and the rest are all either rookies, or they've, um, or just, um, or they've been, or they've been um, signed from Europe. You know, so in a sense, that's, it gives them a chance, you know, to sort of get it gives him a chance to get more used to the game and see where it goes, you know. And then once he comes back, um, hopefully next season, I mean, not hopefully after the break, I'm sorry, and then um, we can see where it goes, you know. I mean, uh, I'm sure Celtics management has other ideas what they do. Plus they have that um, that disabled player exception if they choose to use it, which I think is like 8 or $9 million. You know, plus they have the extra roster spot, so... I'm sure Ainge and Stevens are, are looking for opportunities to see what, what happens with some players by the NBA trade deadline or whatnot to see where that goes, you know. So, you know, I mean, to be honest, it, it was heartbreaking to hear that, but, you know, I think the future is bright with the Celtics, and I think that uh, it doesn't matter um, whether he um, was uh, healthy this year or, um, or obviously he's injured. I think this year, even if they were, they weren't going to get past the Golden State anyhow. You know, so uh, I sort of, I sort of see like that. Hello. Yes, sir. Oh. Yes. I thought I lost you there, bro. Oh uh, no worries. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, bro. I mean, that's how I see it. You know, that's that's, that's how I see it. I think the Celtics, it's it's yes. It's a setback, you know, in their road to another championship. It's definitely a major setback, but I don't think it's something that it's uh, that is uh, very um, that is sort of uh, how would you say it's sort of like a um, a break in the franchise, you know, because it, the franchise will still move on, and eventually Gordon Hayward will come back at some point. Okay, most definitely, and. Uh, is it plausible for him to come back this season? Because from everything I'm hearing, it's most likely season-ending. Well, it all depends on his recovery, what he does. You know, if he does the recovery well, um, then there's a chance he can come back. You know, but the thing is, you have to look at it. What is the chance of him coming back and re-aggravating something? Might as well just uh, um, take the season off and, and get are completely healed and start next season. You know, there's so many possibilities. I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to say at this point what their decision-making thing will be with the Celtics organization, you know? 
So, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. And uh, I definitely, this gives, uh, this also gives an opportunity for Kyrie Irving, you know, to, um, to bring his game up a little bit more than it was, you know, because now he's, now he has to take more control. You know, he has to lead all these young players. You know, he has to be, uh, he has to bring his game up, which I, I definitely think he, he can do that. You know, he can come up to the, to the, to be potentially one of the best players in the league. You know, and I think he has that potential. I think he just has to get it out of him. But I think this sort of, this could be a sort of, uh, I mean, I hate to say blessing in disguise, bro, but I think that's what, in a way, it gives Carrie the opportunity now that, that you have to step up. You know, you have to show us what you're made of, what extra you can do. And I think that, uh, I think he can do that. Okay, speaking of Kyrie Irving, uh, only three games into the season, uh, he's pretty much looked like the Kyrie Irving we saw in his first three or four seasons. Uh, is this kind of a blip in the radar, or is this a sign of uh, kind of things to come for the entire season? What do you think? Well, I think it's more a blip in the radar, bro. If you look at it, it's like I said, you know, the Celtics this year, there's only four players returning from last year. The rest, out of the 15-man team, it, there's only 14 players signed. So out of four, you have 10 new players. You know, you have uh, Daniel Teese from Europe, who they picked up. You have rookies who they picked up, um, uh, Jabari Bird, and uh, I forget the other guy. And then you have the players who they picked up from, um, who they picked up last year, uh, Abdel Nader, uh, Gershon Yasubeli. You know, so it's sort of, uh, this is going to be, it's sort of going to be, um, a learning curve for them, you know, especially because you have so many young players. Now, so I don't really see it as uh, a sort of um, expectation of what Kyrie Irving will do, you know, because, because it's sort of, you have to give him time. It's only three games into the season, you know. Uh, I think we put on a podcast before that I mentioned it's going to take a good 10, 12 games before you see anything happening, you know, until they get any sort of rhythm. And then now with, uh, with Hayward being lost for the season, I mean, potentially lost for the season, that can take maybe 12, 15 games. But eventually, at some point, you're going to see some growth from Irving, and you're going to see him become the player who he was, like, last couple of years. Okay, most definitely. Uh, more than anything, uh, this is just uh, devastating news, and uh, my heart goes out to Gordon Hayward. It's a gruesome injury, and it's very hard to watch, whether you're watching it live or you're watching a replay of it uh just seeing the picture of his ankle twisted was just i mean very very tough thing to watch and it still is it's still something that resonates in my mind it is something that still uh sickens me so uh heart goes out to gordon hayward i wish you a speedy recovery uh and also a full recovery as well and uh hope to see you next year playing and healthy but uh, with that uh We'll get into the Week 7 Scorching 6. Uh, first game we're going to be taking a look at Carolina Panthers uh, traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears at Soldier Field and uh, giving three points. What do you think? You know, things, you know in this one, bro, with Carolina, <laughs> I don't know what to say. With They're like a sort of up-and-down team, you know. Uh, they've been up and down all season. I know they have a good offense. You know, you have a good – with Cam Newton – you know, it's very always unpredictable with him. You know, <laughs> the way he um, the way he plays, very unpredictable, bro. So, um, 
But their defense is, uh, I think it's sort of been subpar this year. Uh, so, you know what? I'm going to take a, a wild card here, bro. I'm going with the Bears. I think with um, with the addition of uh, Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky being in the starting quarterback role now, I think the Bears have a new uh, a new sense, a new offense, you know. I mean, uh, it's not the same old offense they had before. It, it's different now, you know, and uh, I think that's sort of uh, that's sort of going to help them. You know, it, I think that's sort of going to help them grow. And I, I in this case, I, I'm going with the Bears, you know. I, I think they, they pulled the upset, and they beat Carolina. Okay. Uh, I'm going with the road team, Carolina, minus three. I'm going to swallow the three points. Uh, I, right. Even though Carolina kind of struggling defensively without uh, their best linebacker, Luke Keekley. Uh, but I still like their offense overall and the, their defense overall as well. I think they're a better team than Chicago, and they're one of the better teams in the NFC. And I'm going to take them 28-24 uh, to 24 in this one. But uh, exciting to see uh, the growth of uh, Mitch Trubisky, Jordan Howard, Tarek Cohen on the Bears, uh, young players for the Bears offensively. So exciting to watch those players play. But uh, I'm going to go with the favorite in this one and swallow the three points with Carolina. And uh, with that, we'll move on to the second game. The Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Indianapolis and laying three points against the Colts. What do you think? This one, bro, I'm going with the with the Jaguars. You know, I know the Colts are have been pretty uh, have been playing pretty well as of late. You know, with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. You know, they 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 can score the ball. You know. And they're for real on that, but um, I just think that Jacksonville's defense is good. I think they have one of the best defenses in the league, and it, it's very up and coming. You know, I mean, they have two cornerbacks which are which are like studs, you know, and they can potentially shut down the whole passing game. I think uh, Jacoby Brissett is only a rookie, so I think this might be uh, his rookie or probably second year player. But uh, I think their defense was just going to be too much for him. So I'm going with the Jaguars. Okay. I'm going to agree with you on this one for sure. Uh, I mean, Jaguars' defense has beca- has uh, gained the nickname Saxonville because they get after quarterbacks and led by Calais Campbell and Dante Fowler Jr. And then Miles Jack is a linebacker as well. Paul Puzleslie, another good veteran linebacker for them. So I just think uh, – and then – you look on the other side with Jacoby Brissett, not much protection, not very good protection from his offensive line. So I think he's going to have trouble and he's going to be pressured by the front four of the Jaguars pretty much all game, in my opinion. And then offensively, I, I like Jacksonville's weapons more than Indianapolis's weapons as well. I, I, Blake Bortles, I mean, obviously throwing to guys like Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson, and then Leonard Fournette, uh, one of the top running backs so far in the league. So all that, I think, uh, goes in Jaguars' favor. Because of that, I'm going to swallow the three points with Jacksonville, and I'm going to go uh, 31 to 24 Jacksonville. All right. We'll agree on that one, and then we'll go to the next game. Uh, it'll be the Cardinals and the Rams. The Rams uh, laying three points in this one. What do you think? So this is this game's uh, in LA. This game's in uh, London. It looks like Twickenham What's Stadium. In this one, uh, I'm gonna roll, or, or roll the dice here, bro. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. I know they picked up uh, 
Adrian Peterson. I think he had, what, two or three rushing touchdowns last week. You know, I think this, this brings a whole new uh, dimension to their, uh, to their offense. Now, the, now defenses have to focus on, on stopping the run as well, and the Cardinals have always had great wide receivers in Fitzgerald, Nelson. You know, said, uh, I think Palmer is going um, to take advantage of that. So I'm going with the um, – this one I have to go with the, with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, this one, uh, not really much home field advantage either way, even though the Rams are on paper the home team, uh, as both teams are traveling and making long flights across the Atlantic to London. And the Rams, three-point favorites in this one. Uh, Obviously, Adrian Peterson, the new acquisition for Arizona Cardinals, looked absolutely fantastic last week against Tampa Bay, uh, scoring two touchdowns and rushing for 135 yards. Uh, Carson Palmer and... Larry Fitzgerald uh, still seems to be a great quarterback-wide receiver connection. And then for the Rams, uh, good weapons offensively, uh, with led by Todd Gurley in the backfield, and then Tavon Austin, uh, some receivers, uh, Sammy Watkins, and then Jared Goff uh, really showing growth in his uh, second season with the Rams after a bad rookie season. But I think what's going to determine this uh, is the defense. I think defensively the the rams are much better and i think they have one of the best front fours uh led by robert quinn uh aaron donald so i'm gonna disagree with you akshay i'm gonna go rams minus three in this one i'm gonna swallow the three points with the rams and i'm gonna go 24 to 17 rams win this one and move to five and two in my opinion so that's fair that's fair enough okay with that we'll move into the late afternoon games, uh, we're going to be taking a look at one late afternoon game. Uh, we have the L.A. Chargers hosting the Denver Broncos in an AFC West battle, and we have an even line in this one. What do you think? Uh, this one, bro, I know uh, Chargers are hosting in L.A., but I'm going to have to go with the uh, Denver Broncos. I think they're just uh, a way better team than the Chargers are. Um, I don't mean to like sort of diss on the LA team charges, but I never really liked them when they were in San Diego, you know. And uh, I just think, bro, I don't think, I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they're as good as they are um, on paper. So I'm gonna definitely have to go with the Broncos here. I think they're just, uh, they have too many offensive weapons, you know. Um, Trevor Simeon, and then uh, I think he's playing well. They were running game. Their defense has always been uh, pretty good, so I have to go with the Broncos. Yeah, I mean for the for the Broncos, uh, since uh, Peyton Manning kind of uh, his arm strength uh, declined in that Super Bowl year. Since then, pretty much they've been the identity of their team has been defensively led by Von Miller, and then excellent corners with Chris Harris and Akib Talib. Uh, I'm gonna agree with you on this one, Akshay. Uh, even line with the Broncos on the road, and then. The thing you know about the Chargers so far in six games this season is that the games that they play in are always close at the end. And somehow the Chargers, uh, for the most part, seem to kind of blow it and not uh, come away with the win. As mentioned, as you go back in the first game, they missed a kick to send it to overtime. Uh, Young Way Koo missed that kick. And then I think the second week he missed another kick to kind of win it for them. Then even last week, they after releasing Young Way Koo and signing Nick Novak uh, back to their team, uh, he missed a kick that would have sent it to overtime. 
he missed a important kick for them. So just, they just seem like they can't get it done late in games. They can't come away with wins. So I think they're cursed, bro. <laughs> the Chargers. That's a cursed team, you know. After after letting go Drew Brees, after letting go Ladainian Tomlinson, I think there's a curse, bro. You know, I think that that team is cursed in a way. They're not going. To, I think. I think something drastic has to happen. They got to get rid of the management. They got to get rid of uh, Philip Rivers. You know, I don't really like him as a quarterback. I know he has some good games, but he always, always, there's always something about him, bro. And then, like in the fourth quarter, always gets you kind of scared about him. Or is he is he going to throw that uh, that pick? He's going to is he going to get sacked, fumble the ball? There's always something there, though. That's why I don't know, man. I think there's just something. Something about San Diego, well, not the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers now. I think they're, um, I think that team needs to be a major revamp. Okay, definitely. But, yeah, with that, we'll agree on this one. Uh, we're both going with the Broncos. I think their defense uh, will come through with a big play in the fourth quarter to seal their victory for them. And I'm going to go uh, 28-21 in this one, uh, Denver. And I think they come away with the All win. Right. So with that, uh, we'll move into the Sunday night game, and this is the game of the week for sure. Uh, a rematch of Super Bowl 51 in Foxborough. The New England Patriots hosting the Atlanta Falcons and laying three points at home. What do you think? I'm going to have to go with the Patriots, bro. You know, I'm, uh, I think um, this is going to be a very even matchup. You know, because the Patriots are not as good as as they were last year. That's for sure this year. You know, they had some uh, so, some injuries. They uh, they let some players go. Uh, some players haven't stepped up to the plate. You know, and Atlanta has been that team that they look good. You know, their offense is good, their defense is good. But you see me sometimes with Atlanta, even though they're so good on paper, sometimes it doesn't really translate all the time in their play. You know, and I think this one, since it's being played in Foxborough, you know, it, that's a definitely um, a very tough place for any visitor to come and win games. So I definitely have to go with the Patriots in this case. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to agree with you 100% on this one. Uh, I like the Patriots at home in a Super Bowl 51 rematch. I think this game is going to be a shootout. Patriots don't play de- defense very well, as evidenced uh, so far this season. And, exactly. Uh, their offensive line has not been as good as they've been as pe- in the past, but uh, Brady seems to find a way to put points on the board. And then the Falcons, uh, obviously one of the best offenses in the league last season and also this season, uh, plethora of weapons offensively. So I think both teams are going to be able to put up points on the board, but I'm going to swallow the three points in this one, take New England. I think they win this one 42-35. to 35. And we'll agree oh, wow, that's a high-scoring game. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be high-scoring uh Oh, wow, bro. <laughs> if you've seen the Patriots' scores this season, uh, a lot of their games have been in the 30s, I mean, sometimes even in the 40s. So uh, I think that's, this yeah. is going to be another game like that with a high-powered offensive team in the Atlanta Falcons. And so with that, we'll agree on that one, and we'll move into the last game on this week's Scorching Six. It's Monday night in primetime, uh, NFC East battle, Philadelphia Eagles uh, hosting the Washington Redskins. And laying five points, what do you think? Uh, this game, bro, this is going to be, I think, a very good game. You know, because Philly's on a, on a tier this season. I think Carson Wentz has upped his, uh, he's upped his game. 
You know, he's he's definitely one of the better quarterbacks in the league now. And I, I think um, with the addition of their wide receivers uh, that that they picked up in, in the offseason, Allison Jeffrey, I think there's uh, another guy. You have um, uh, Nelson Agal, Aguilar from USC. You have, uh, I think there's Tory Smith. more players. Which one? I'm sorry. Tory Smith. Ah, Tory Smith, yeah. That, that, that's the guy I was looking for. You know, I think they're a very dangerous offensive team. But I, but I do like Washington's defense. You know, I do like Washington's defense. I think they're a good defense. Uh, I like the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. I know they play they play pretty well uh, with their offensive sets. But I just have to go with the with Philly here, bro. I think there'll be too much because, and then also you're playing in Philadelphia. With Philly, I think uh, playing in Philadelphia uh, is, is always tough as well. But um, I know it's, it's going to be a close game. I know uh, Philly uh, is favored by five. I think they cover it in this game. So I'm going with Philly. Okay, uh, Philly uh, minus five in this one at home. I just think uh, when these teams play, it's always kind of a super close games, even though the – if you look at the first game when they played week one, uh, Philadelphia, I think, won by 12, but that was a close game. I mean, that, that game was one possession in the fourth quarter. I think uh, Redskin had a, Redskins had a fluky uh, fumble that they lost uh, in the waning seconds of the game, and Philadelphia took it back for the score. So with that being said, uh, I think the Eagles are going to win this game, but I'm I'm going with Washington plus five. I think they're, right. they're, they have... Uh, Good playmakers defensively. Josh Norman, one of their one of the best corners in the league. D'Angelo Hall as well. DJ Swearinger, and then they have a good front four led by Ryan Kerrigan. So I I think they're going to keep this game close, and kind of limit the high high powered Eagles offense, like you mentioned. Uh, three good offensive wide receiver weapons: uh, Torrey Smith, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and then Carson Wentz has uh, also looked very good in his second year for the first six games but uh i think it's a close game like i said i'm a, i'm gonna agree with you that the eagles win but uh i don't think they win by more than five points so i'm gonna all right i'm gonna take washington plus the points but i'm gonna take philadelphia to win the game 27 to 24 and right, with that that'll wrap it up that'll wrap it up for the week seven edition of scorching six picks akshay thank you so much for coming on always a pleasure uh, thank you for having me. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoy the Week 7 slate of games.